I see on FaceTime this little furball just running around the hotel room, jumping from kid to kid, licking face to face. (laughs) And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 83 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! Yes, the 83rd episode. Hey, we're getting up there almost to 100. You say that every week. I know. I just love saying it because <laughs> the, you know, pretty soon this will be 883rd episode. That's true, as long as we don't kill each other first. Yes, that might actually do happen. So <laughs> Christine is back in town this yes. week. She and the little kids were out of town all week long. I had the house all to myself, which may sound amazing, but I had to work and I was pretty busy and actually had some interviews on the other podcast. I had a setup. They were fantastic, by the way. How's that busy badge? You shining it up quite a bit right now? I got a busy uh, mantle, plaque, <laughs> trophy. It's a big banner. Busy man of the year. <laughs> yes. It says, I'm too busy to do anything, but just be busy. We should make the busy awards. You'll be like, bu- who's the busiest? Let's me- see. Give us your pitch. Well, busy it, awards. It all begins and ends with me. So all <laughs> other competitors don't even bother applying. Oh, very much so. So actually, the busy badge would be the narcissism badge. Wait, what? <laughs> it's all about you. No, it's not all about me, baby. So, hey, Christine, thank yes. you so much for showing up back at the house uh, last night. You got to know what time you get in last night? Uh, well, our plane landed at like 10, 15 p.m. last night. Wow. Well, check that out. So today's episode is going to be all about Christine and her adventures on the spring break. Yeah. Woo-hoo! All- it was, we were spring breaking, but. But wait, I had three kids with me. <laughs> All three kids went on an adventure with Christine. So you guys decided to embark on this, this adventure, what, Monday or Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, but let's back this up. Can How we just further have, do you want to go back up? Yeah, let's, can we just have a moment of silence for the fact that I decided to single-handedly travel with three boys for the first time ever? Let's just have a moment of silence and sympathy for that. That's like you asking for a busy badge. I traveled with three children <sighs> during uh. spring break. And COVID. You're welcome, Chris. You're welcome. Well, thank you. You know, I wish I had the week off. That, that would be it would have been so much fun. I wish I could have gone with you guys. I know, I but really, I think it would have been you know. a bit overwhelming for you. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, because of all of the requirements. I mean, the great thing is we had TSA pre-check, but like the travel requirements now and all of the different moving parts. And then, you know, with the added uh travel challenge we had on the way back, which we'll share about at the end of this episode. I think it might have been a bit too much for you. You're probably right, actually. So take us back to last week. It was uh, Monday, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was Tuesday. So the whole reason for the trip was to pick up a special little package, which we'll talk about at the end. But my goal with going on the trip was each of the kids was saying they really wanted to go with me and I couldn't take one and not the other. And so a couple months ago, I decided once I knew the date for sure that since we had so many uh, points saved up on Southwest Airlines that I would take all three boys and they're 16, 11 and 8. The ages of the yes, kids. Yes, they are 16, 11 and 8-year-old boys. Um, and they have uh, they like each other when they like each other and when they don't. They really don't. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of testosterone just like yes. fighting off each other. They, each of them want to be, especially the older boys, 
each of them want to be like king the, of the mountain. Yeah, or king whatever. of the mountain, the one in charge, the one uh, running the games. Alpha male. Alpha male, the games they want to play with each other. They each kind of like are like, well, I want to do it this way. No, I want to do it this way. They right. all kind of control each other. And poor little Mason, he's long for the ride, just going. Although with what- now he's starting to step up and like tell them to leave him alone, and like him trying to call the shots. And so it's an interesting dynamic. But we ventured out on Tuesday, so all three boys were here. Um, well, Zeke came in the Thursday before, so I'd had I'd been at the airport getting him, and then the littles came back Tuesday morning. So last week Ezekiel came in prior to yeah. leaving the week after that. Yeah, yeah, he's on spring so he, break for so two he, weeks. So he was here for the weekend, mm-hmm. and then come Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Okay, I was trying to build everybody up to the Tuesday. No, no I was I was trying to say it. Come on now. Okay. On Tuesday. The littles came back from their mom's house at like 930 in the morning. And I still had three or four hours of work. Uh, and they were so excited. They were like crazy. And I was trying to take these conference calls. And Zeke's here. So he's in my what's normally my office. And it was like crazy town. So I kept having to tell people like, we're getting ready to take the littles on their first ever plane flight. So please, I apologize if you hear them. Because they were like running around trying to pack their backpack and like, I don't know. Maybe they thought that they were like never coming back because they're like, what? I want to take all my money and I'm going to take this special thing that I want. Oh, Mason had this special pillow he bought the week before. I want to take my special pillow. And it was so funny. I think I remember hearing them. They were so excited. Like you can hear the giddiness in their voices when they were talking about going on the trip and flying for the first time ever and getting to the airport. And they were taking my old GoPro. Jacob was. And he was actually video vlogging or videotaping himself uh, about packing his stuff and getting ready for the trip. (laughs) And while they're in the airport, he's videotaping himself in the airport, getting on the airplane. But before we get to that. okay. so before we get to that. I had to sit them all down and talk with them about the rules of traveling. And so we had to sit them down and talk about like, this is a big deal, me traveling with all three of them. And you were saying something like, this is a trial run. Like, if you do good this time, it'll determine whether or not you all get to go on a special trip like this again, because I get more vacation time. Well, actually, you get more vacation time from work than I do, but mine fits more around the kids' schedule. And so it makes it so that like on spring break, I had a few days of personal time I could take them. Uh, And so they're like, okay, okay, okay. And then I had to give them the lecture of like, when we go through security, here's what you don't do. And then they wanted to like video tape going through security. I was like, absolutely not. Oh, wait, you can't can't do that? (laughs) You cannot. You're not allowed to do that? You can't have your cameras out. You can't have your cameras. You can't put your camera through like the little like x-ray machine as it goes through. Videotape it going through the machine. I'm sure you could. But I mean, like they wanted to have the Jacob wanted to have the GoPro out, like filming going through the TSA screening. (laughs) What'd they say? I, I told him beforehand, like, don't even don't even try. Right. Okay. And it was great because we did have TSA pre-check, which means we didn't have to take any electronic devices out or take our shoes off. So if you know boys, they're very particular about their shoes and they take forever to put them on and back off, take them off. And then they have a ton of electronic devices when they oh, travel. Oh, gosh. And so, iPads and phones so and when cameras. I, yeah. When I saw the tickets had pre-check on all of us, not just mine, I was like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is <laughs> like salvation moment right here because... I mean, I think Jacob had a tablet. Um, He didn't bring a switch, but he had his tablet, his phone, his portable charger. And Mason had um, my iPad, his tablet, which he didn't touch, and his little dinky phone that's kind of broken. And, you know, Zeke had his laptop and his uh, phone. And I was just like thinking, oh, gosh. And then I had my laptop and everything. And I'm thinking if I have to take all of this stuff out. 
I will die. Oh, I, I bet. will literally die. All by yourself, yeah. too, by the way. No one else helping you, just you and the kids. And I they're know. probably off probably off doing who knows what. So you got through security. Yeah, we got and through security. How quickly did you take you to find the gate that you needed? Oh, let me think back. So oh, the terminal for Southwest is pretty easy. It's like you go in and it's round inside and the gates are pretty close together. But that means because Southwest has such a high frequency of flights in San Diego, there was a ton of people and they have the whole every other seat requirement. So there was no seating when we first got there. And so... um, Are you talking about seating in the waiting room? Yeah, because we were there early. I'm always at the the airport early. Yeah, I'd probably be the one always getting there late, you know? Well, I did cut it a little bit closer. We had like... Only 35, 40 minutes in between once we got through security and boarding. But that's because we had pre-check. So I knew we didn't have to wait as long through security. Uh, but we got up there and the boys had to kind of like scout out a place. And I got them some drinks for the plane because I didn't know if they were serving beverages. Because it's been weird where they've been like, oh, no yeah. beverages. So, All COVID thing. Huh? Yeah. So we got sodas and waters and things like that. And then uh, once we got lined up. That's when Jacob and Mason were like, what do we do? What do we do? But the nice thing is that even though we haven't gone into the Southwest Terminal before, when you and I first started dating and I would keep an eye on the boys on like Fridays or Saturdays and Zeke was flying home, they'd go through security with me and to wait and get Zeke on the plane. So that was the nice thing is we've kind of practiced going through security five or six times. And so they know like nothing in your pockets, no shoes on. That made it really nice because then they weren't unfamiliar with the whole process. That's great. So you guys get to the thing, get to the gate. I saw Jacob and Mason and Ezekiel were all three of them were videotaping something, talking about something right there at the gate while the while, you're, while you guys are waiting for the plane to show up. You guys were all videotaping. And you took a video of them videoing everything yeah. else too. Okay. So this is hilarious. So the kids are sitting in the chairs at the airport and Jacob has a GoPro Zeke has his video camera. It's like a, like, I wouldn't say an old school camera, but it's like with the mic at the top of it and like the handheld one. It's pretty big. And then Mason has his phone. And they're like, we're going to vlog all of this. But the funny thing is, is they're sitting next to each other and like one would say something and hear the other person say it and they'd repeat it. And then Mason would repeat it. And it was like, so we're sitting at the gate, guys. Guys, we're sitting at the gate. We're at the (laughs) gate. And it was like listening to them. They were cracking up and you could hear each other on their video so you hear we're sitting at the gate we're at the gate we're at the gate uh, they're all funny <laughs> but they're all doing they have a good time doing it they so, were so when they first got onto the airplane where was jacob mason super excited to get onto the plane like walk on and they pick were, a seat they were very careful to follow directions and so mason was it was funny he was very nervous to actually step onto the plane and so he was oh, standing, really he was standing right behind me but there's the like the jet, the jet bridge, and yeah. then you step into the plane, and he was a little uncertain, and so I held his hand, and I said, okay, one, two, three, and then he stepped over, and he was like, oh, like that, <laughs> and so then we got on the plane, and I was just looking for spots where I could keep us close together, and so I had uh, Zeke and Jacob together, and then Mason and I together, because they were only three and three seats, and so it was either three of us together and one by themselves. So it was better to have travel buddies. Okay. I got you. So they sat down. Everybody's got their seat. Everybody puts their seatbelt on. Mm -hmm. I saw Jacob was videotaping being in the plane. He was videotaping the actual takeoff of the flight. Yeah. And so you guys flew from San Diego. Your first stop was where? Sacramento. Sacramento. And I'll say that that takeoff was really fun to watch because I was watching Mason and Jacob to see like 
first of all, are they going to get nervous? And then I had a barf bag just in case one of the kids got sick, which doesn't normally happen unless there's a lot of turbulence. And Jacob was sitting at the window. Mason didn't want to on the first flight. And Jacob was just mesmerized, looking out the window, watching everything change. And then um, when Mason and I were sitting together, he started leaning over. Oh, the second flight. After we went to Sacramento, we had a layover. And then a second flight, Mason sat at the window on one side and Jacob sat on the window on the other side. And Mason was so excited because he kept seeing snow. And the boys can't recall ever going to visit the snow. And so when they see snow. Like talking like snow on the mountaintops? Yeah, snow on the mountaintops. And so Mason was like, there's so much snow. Look at the tall mountains. It was so cute. Oh, how adorable. I know. So you had a layover in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And then that layover, how long was that for? Uh, It was like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Okay, an hour and a half, just enough time to grab something to eat and then head head uh, get on the plane to head into um, Seattle? Well, they weren't hungry because we had a late lunch um, at, did I think we ate at the airport? No, we ate at Shake Shack in downtown San Diego before we left. And it was a late lunch at like two. And so they weren't hungry. So we waited and then we got on the next plane. And um, I love Sacramento Airport. I'm super familiar with it. And though- Is it real big? Um, or is it like San Diego size? I would say that it's it's one terminal and it's it, I don't think it's as big as San Diego size. It's just the the inside of it is broader, like it's wider and high, high ceilings. And so it looks it feels more open. It's because there's more land up there. In Sacramento? Yes. OK, mm-hmm. it's in the middle of a field, middle of nowhere. Gotcha. Yeah. OK, so you guys leave there, head into uh, Seattle. What time did you guys land actually in Seattle? Uh, I think we landed right around 840. And so then I got all the kids off. I'm thankful I checked all of our luggage. So everybody was just carrying a backpack. But then we had to go to luggage, the baggage claim and get our bags and then get out to find the rental car terminal, which ends up there was a shuttle bus. It was off property. So I had to wrangle all the kids onto a shuttle bus. And poor little Mason, his suitcase was heavy for him. Oh, so man, he had to like, carry it himself. Huh? Well, he wheeled it. Oh, yeah, wheels like, on it. Yeah, that's right. But then he kept trying to like be so independent and like put it on the escalator by himself. And I had to keep doing it for him because he almost fell. And um, then we got on the shuttle bus and then we went and got our rental car. And at the time we got the rental car and I was up at the counter, the boys were at the point of being cooped up for way too long. So it was starting to everything was starting to disintegrate at that point. So I heard that you told me that you had a hard time once you got the rental car and you got to the hotel where you're going to be staying at. There was a situation with the parking lot. Now, please explain what the parking lot situation was all about. Yeah. So we were staying in downtown Seattle. I found this great hotel called the Hyatt House uh, downtown Seattle. And it's right across the street from the Space Needle. So it's in the heart of Seattle. Like any place you want to stay at in Seattle, that's like the spot you want to be at. It right? is literally the closest hotel to the Space Needle. And that's how they advertise Now, for those themselves. who don't know, the Space Needle is actually a big, long tower thing. It looks like the Stratosphere in Vegas. It's a big, long tower platform thing, I right? I would say the other way i'd say that the stratosphere looks like the space needle okay well it's a big (laughs) long tower with this big like spaceship looking platform at the top yeah okay that's the space needle yeah and we really for those who don't know and that's where we wanted to go visit is the space needle so i was trying to find a hotel that was near the action and so i found that one and i'd been watching it for a few weeks and then on easter sunday they had a rate sale and the price went down to like a hundred dollars a night 110 dollars a night which is super cheap for that part of town. And then it said, you know, a parking on site for an additional charge. And so I was like, 
cool. So I called ahead and I was like, so you have parking available? And they said, yes, we do. So I got there, <laughs> we pulled around back to the hotel, to the parking garage, and it's like steep down a hill. And so I'm like parked there and it says, use your hotel key. Well, they'd gone to all uh, touchless uh, entry. So it's like you download an app and it gives you access to your room. So I'm trying to like put my phone up to the, the garage and it wouldn't open. So finally from my phone, I called the hotel and they're like, oh, no, you have to come and get a key from us to gain entry to the garage. But what's this whole point, like this contactless thing about that? Right, exactly. But it gets better. They said, you have to come in and you have to get a card to get an entry into the garage. But we're sold out in terms of parking for the night. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And they said to me, well, you can park and unload your luggage and then you can park your car over at our sister property, the Hyatt Place, which is about a quarter of a mile walk away from here. Mm. Mind you, at this point, I just gotten McDonald's for all of the kids. We have all of our bags and they're telling me that I'm going to have to go and park and walk a quarter or a half a mile in the dark, potentially with the children. At nine carrying all, at night. Yeah, carrying all of your well, stuff. Well, they said I could unload the stuff, but okay, good, still, good. still navigating the streets of Seattle, a place where I've never been, um, at night by myself or with the kids, even worse. And I don't even know, like, is this a great area of town or not? And I was like, I, I started to get like really upset. And I was like, you know what? Is there another paid lot around? And they were like, yeah, there's other paid like public ones, but you're going to pay whatever the going rate is. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> well, and so yeah. I found one. It was just on the other side of the there's the Space Needle and the Museum of Pop Culture. And there was one right below that. And so I was able to get 10 hours of parking, which I parked at like 10 p.m. So I had until I don't know. What is that? 8 a.m. Something like that to be able to move the car um, and or go and add additional parking. And so I did that and then just went early the next morning. And so Zeke was so great. He I, he was such a great helper on this trip. And I was so stressed because I was like, how am I going to do this and wrangle the kids? But Zeke is 16 now. And so he can take on more initiative. And he said, Mom, it's okay. Because um, he saw one of the bag trolleys, um, like the bellhop carts. Right. And there was a ramp. And he's like, okay. We can load all this stuff, mom. I'll take the boys. I, I, just give me a key. I'll take the boys. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take them. And so I loaded all the bags and Jacob held the food or the drinks and Mason got a bunch of the food and Zeke pushed. It was like four suitcases plus all of our backpacks. It was heavy. They were all masked and he got the kids upstairs into the room by himself while I went and parked and walked back. And when I came back to the room, He'd unloaded all the suitcases off the little trolley and had everybody sitting down. They were kind of like having a little party in the hotel room. Of course they <laughs> yeah. were. My goodness. But it was like it was nerve wracking because it's the things that you don't think about when you're traveling with children. Like what happens oh. if there's no parking on site? Yeah, that's kind of the crazy things that I think about sometimes. I think about all the weird stuff. So what else exciting happened on that day? Well, I wouldn't say that something exciting happened, but I will say, Chris, that you have ruined traveling for me forever. What do you mean? What did, I, what did I do? Okay, I used to be the spontaneous, live out of your suitcase kind of girl when I traveled, but now I am the unpack everybody into the drawers of the hotel room. And so while the kids were getting settled in for the night, I was getting everybody unpacked because we were going to be there for three nights, and it just made more sense, according to Chris, to unpack everything and it just, put it in I the like, drawers. I like to just unpack and put everything away. I know you do. Just get get the suitcase off the floor, yeah. put it away somewhere, out of sight, out of mind. Everything is in the drawers. Everything is in the bathroom that you need. Yep. So now you're officially living in the place. Exactly. And that's what I did on the first night is 
got well i let zeke do what he wanted to do because he's a teenager but i got the littles unpacked and i got myself unpacked and then got everything into the bathroom and after they ate they were so excited for seattle that it took a while to wind them down and then they were like wanting to test everything like does the tv work how do i get on the wi-fi and so it was a late all the the important stuff we think about when we travel and it was a late night the first night and so finally i think i was able to finally get to sleep around 1 15 they got to bed late like 11 30 but i had to get a few more things situated after that and so finally i fell asleep and uh yeah i just knew i had to set my alarm clock because i knew i had to be up early to go down and add more money to the parking for the car so that we didn't get the rental car towed the next morning (laughs) fantastic well that's always a good worry to worry about so hey when we come back we're going to find out more about the great adventure with christine and the boys up in seattle right after this do you love marvel but are tired of hearing cheeto stained white guys talk about it are you hoping to see the x-men and avengers face off Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you've found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And Madam Amy. And we are here to give you the commentary you want. Marvel, minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams, assemble. the one thing that will really crush a first date and that's probably bad skin but don't you worry today's episode here is presented by the skin store for over 20 years the skin store has been the number one destination for premium skincare hair care and beauty products with over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands the skin store has you covered for all your hair cosmetics supplements and of course skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Well, check that out. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase. What? 20% off? I can use 20% off? By using the code POD, that's code POD. P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at theskinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Some exclusions may apply. Okay, welcome back. And now we are on to Christine's great travel vacation (laughs) with all three kids up in Seattle. Plane ride. They just got into town that night. Now, we're going to continue on her adventure, starting with day number one. You guys wake up in the hotel. You're in a new city in a new state. Yeah. What's that like? Well, first thing, I had to go uh, walk down bright and early and get parking situated for the car because I knew I was going to be parked there for the majority of the day. And so as I was walking back, Uh, walking by the Museum of Pop Culture and the Space Needle, I went back through the lobby and they had this grab-and-go breakfast and they had like Jimmy Dean sandwiches, like sausage sandwiches, and they had cereal and milk and apple juice. And they had these little kind of tiny to-go boxes. Um, They're not like the plastic ones. They're the ones that are like brown cardboard that fold over like you would get like a sandwich or something in. 
And so they were handing those out to people. And I was like, how in the world am I going to do this for all of the boys? Did, did they give you like travel bags or a bag no, or a box? No, nothing. Or and I asked for a tray. Box? Nothing? I, well, it was a to-go box, but it was small. It would only fit like for one person. It kind of reminds you of those to-go boxes you would get like – uh, like a I don't elementary school cafeteria exactly exactly yeah. like that but with a folding lid on top but I was filling it oh I didn't even think about not filling it up so high that I could actually fold it and stack it that would have been smart oh, there, well a little late never, yeah I guess. <laughs> but um I was like navigating getting as much as I could and taking it upstairs and getting juice for the boys and it was so funny because I was standing at the elevator like trying to carry all this stuff because they didn't have trays or anything and there was this, wait what were the kids at where they help you out they were asleep I kept them asleep because oh. I didn't want them awake while I went to go do the parking. Otherwise, I'd right. come back and the room would be destroyed. Well, okay. <laughs> they're wild. Okay. But as I was at the elevator, there was another lady who was juggling a lot of stuff like me. And I just looked at her and I said, so are you traveling alone? She was like, yes, with my four boys. And I was like, oh, man. oh sister, I said, I totally relate. And she's like, yeah. And I have an eight o'clock Zoom meeting. And, she's oh, my a, goodness. and I was like, I have an 830 training I have to do online because I had one last Wait, training. Is this, this is like your doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so what's your meeting? And she's like, well, I have to appear in court. She's an attorney. And so she was like oh, trying wow. to get her boys all fed. She only had five minutes to go. Did you tell her not to become a cat? <laughs> I didn't think about it, but... Are you the cat lawyer? But it's funny because she was from San Luis Obispo in California. And it was like funny because she said the same thing. She's like, we haven't been able to do anything. And I figured like there was some inexpensive flights. I could bring the kids up here for a few days, but I had to take one more meeting before I could be off. And I was like, oh, sister, preach. Like, that's exactly Wait, what, what I had to do. what is she doing on a Zoom meeting in out of state... And, 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 and okay, she's, she's an attorney. I understand that, but is she a is she a Zoom attorney or is she a real attorney? No, because courts aren't back in person in session. Then what is she doing traveling to Seattle for? Because courts aren't back in session. I understand that. But what is she going to going to a Zoom meeting in Seattle for? That no, doesn't make any sense. No, she's in Seattle with her kids, but she had to get onto Zoom to appear in court for California. Oh, I thought she was doing a court thing in Seattle. No, okay. she brought her kids to Seattle on spring break, kind of like I did, and okay, so I right logged you. in. At 8.30, I had a training, and so the kids were still asleep. That was my goal, bring breakfast back and get through as much of my training as I could while they were still asleep. And thankfully, they only woke up the last 30 minutes, and they were quiet and getting themselves breakfast. Hey, speaking of spring break, I mean, in Seattle, what was the weather like when you were up there? Oh, gosh. Well, at that point, I didn't realize how cold it was going to be, but it took a turn right after – because after my meeting, we had an appointment to go to the Space Needle – and it wasn't until we were all the way at the top of the 520-foot platform observation deck that I realized just how cold Seattle can get. And I don't think we even know how cold it can get. But up there, I would say it was like maybe 30-mile-an-hour winds. It was a lot. And it was cold and winds, too. And it was too. cold. And we were right near the water. So it was like cold and damp oh, and the worst i had the kids because i'd felt that it was a little bit cold earlier so i had them double layer every kid was wearing two sweatshirts or like a sweatshirt and a jacket but zeke gets super cold because he's very thin and his hands were so frozen and we had gone to two gift shops before looking for gloves and nobody was selling them because it's spring in Wait, seattle you actually, you actually needed gloves like you did get frostbite you think no uh, because the kids were so cold i had to buy them winter hats like beanie caps and gloves for their hands so when we after we finished at the space needle we uh decided to drive over to pike's place market wait first let's go back to the okay, space okay, needle okay okay 
when you get to the top of the Space Needle, what is that thing of experience like for the little kids when they get to look outside and see the big view of everything? Well, Jacob and Zeke and I thought it was really cool. Mason is afraid of heights. No way. Is he really? Yeah. And so he was very nervous. And when you're up there, uh, the places to sit on, to well, the whole outer piece of it is glass. It's all glass, like thick, thick, like two inch, three inch thick glass. Like, like bulletproof kind of stuff, right? It was very thick. Like the stuff you see at the bank sometimes have that. Thicker. That, oh, thicker than that stuff? Yes, thicker than that. It was literally like three inches thick. Like the Shamu cage kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, maybe even more, but it was <laughs> wow. very thick. And then the benches that you could sit on to take photos, like selfies, were also glass. No way. And so if you sit on it, it kind of gives an illusion as if it's... You're floating in air? Yes. And they're they're angled upward a little bit. The benches are kind of angled upward. It's kind of weird to explain. But I had Mason like sit down on it and he was so nervous because he thought because it was all see-through that he was going to slide through the back no way i would have thought the same thing yeah too. So, so he was a little nervous so i had him go inside they had like a warm area inside and he could sit on the, the stools and watch me but the rule was as i moved around he had to follow me and he could see you from the glass yeah now were more people on the outside or on the inside that day remember oh definitely on the outside Oh, really? Not the inside? Get yeah, nice no. and warm? Mm-mm. There was a few people. They'd walk through there, but you don't go up to the top of the so space. So what is up there? Is, there? is there a restaurant or anything up there? Uh, typically, there is. Uh, it was closed while we were there, but they typically have a cafe and there's a sunset. Um, well, not during COVID, but there was like a sunset wine experience where you could like have wine and appetizers at sunset on the Space Needle. But then... One deck down below, the regular observation deck, is a revolving glass floor observation deck. No way. So you yeah. actually – does it, which way does it move? Like in a circle or what? Yeah, in or a is circle. It, or is it like a uh, those walking things at the airport? No, it moves in a circle, but the center of it stays still. So the center and the outside stay still, but it's this like middle section that you can stand on that's glass. And it moves. And you can see down below? Yes. Oh, all crazy. the way down, no 500 way. feet. And so Zeke thought it would be so funny to like try and do push-ups on the revolving floor. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, they don't have any crazy rides on that thing like you do with the Stratosphere in Vegas, do they? No. Oh, okay, okay. Now, what's t- what's just taller? The Stratosphere one or this thing? I don't know. Why are you asking me trivia about just, Vegas? I, I just was wondering about it because I've been to the Stratosphere one. That's the only one I know of. And I, I just assume this one's very similar to that. Maybe. I don't know. This one was 520 feet to the observation deck, 605 feet total height with the needle. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the cool thing is um, that our hotel was really close. So once we finished and we went souvenir shopping, we were able to just walk across a little grass lot right back to the hotel and store all of our stuff away. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, So after you guys did that, what was your next adventure? Well, our goal was to go to the Museum of Pop Culture. And so we were walking around the entire thing and we didn't see a line. We're like, this is so cool. And then we realized that the museum is only open Thursday through Sunday. Wait. And And then we were there on Wednesday. That was Wednesday. Yeah. You were there a day early. Got you. Okay. Well, what other cool things were there to see in Seattle? Well, that's when we decided that we were going to go ahead and venture off that area and out of the area and go down to a place I'd always wanted to go, which is Pike's Place Market. That's where all the fishermen, they do the fishing and stuff, right? Yeah, they but do they, the throwing of the fish, do but they, do not they during actually, COVID. Do they unload the fish right there in front of you, or how does it work? Well, we were there later in the day, so typically that stuff happens early in the morning oh, when they're right, bringing yeah. in all the fresh fish. But they have beautiful flowers. Like, I had no idea that in Seattle, 
they're really well known for tulips and that tulips are a spring flower. And so they were in full bloom and daffodils. They were growing freely everywhere around town. But these women had these really unique colorings of tulips and daffodils that if you were to try and get them in California are so freaking expensive. Oh, wow. And I bet you couldn't get through across the border. They would they would uh, at the uh, border, what's the checkpoint where the agriculture checkpoint? Yeah, They'd I don't know. they probably stop you for that stuff. I don't know, but I wasn't going to risk it. Oh, but I But I really wanted to bring some of these daffodils. And they weren't just like regular ones with regular colors. Some of them had these beautiful jagged edges, which are kind of rare. And the unique thing about that Pike's Place Market is that all the vendors there um, the majority of them grow those flowers themselves and no then way. cut them and bring them to sell. All at the fish place? Yeah. So it's a public it's like market. It's fish and flowers. It's, it's F and F. No. So it's a public market. Like here in San Diego, we have the um, Liberty Public Market and it has like different restaurants and little shop artisans. There, a public market is like different people have different stalls. So there was like a whole flower area. There was an area for restaurants. There was an area for the fish market. Um, there was an area for like fresh honey, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Um, and you ju- we just walked through it. And down um, after you went through like the produce floor and you went down to like the restaurant floor, part of it was these really unique shops. And the boys stumbled across one that I didn't even see at first, but they saw the, the name on it. Um, first, they went into a magic shop. And then a little bit further, they saw this thing that said, golden age collectibles and comics no way and they were like we want to go in there we want to go in there (laughs) okay so they go into this comic book collectible store what kind of stuff do they have there for sale well get this i had no idea that in this bottom floor basically of the pike's place market was the world's oldest operating comic book shop no way yeah i had no idea i looked it up it's been around since 1961 And so they have so many comic books there and all kinds of memorabilia. So they had tons of Star Wars stuff. They had Harry Potter. They had Avengers like the um, what's the the fist thing that what's his name wears? Oh, you mean not Megatron. The the, the Thanos. (laughs) Thanos is. Yeah, glove. Well, his, di- glove. his they, diamond glove. Yeah, they had a, <laughs> like a, an expensive rec- replica for like fourteen hundred dollars. They all fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, were they real? A bit of gold or something? I don't know. It was fancy. It was. Fancy. It was really fancy. Can you wear it? I think. I think, but I'm not sure. It was behind glass, and then they had this whole section where you could buy um, scripts of different movies that were famous based off of books and comic books, and so they had like. The scripts for the Harry Potter movies where you could actually like purchase them for the whole movie. And then they had book section, comic books, all kinds of memorabilia. Uh, Each boy decided to use some of their own spending money and buy themselves one special thing from that store. Wow. What did each of them buy? So Zeke got this thing called a time turner. I've never seen the Harry Potter movies, but I guess it's a big thing. It's like this necklace and it has a little um, spinning, almost like a gyroscope, but it has the little hourglass in the center okay so it's like a necklace a thing yeah okay really cool what did did mason get uh mason bought himself a 
Pokeball, Pokemon um, money pouch because he didn't have a wallet. Okay, cool. And then Jacob got himself this really cool figure, action figure, which I know he showed to you, but what character is it? It was Luke Skywalker. That's what I thought. From the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope. It was a little action figure of him in his pose when he's shooting the uh, stormtroopers off the drawbridge. It looks like that. That pose, he's shooting the uh, blaster towards the stormtroopers in that one scene where him and Leia are swinging on the rope across the little bridge yeah. thing. It looks like it's that scene there. I think it's what it is. Well, this place only allowed 20 people in at a time. So at first, I just let the boys go and look around because they had their own money. Uh, and then like there was this huge line that started building up. And I at first, I didn't even realize what it was. And there was this couple... Um, and they were waiting for a while and a husband and wife and their baby. And he's like, well, I don't know if I want to wait. And she's like, this is the whole reason we came to this market. He's like, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, we both wanted to come here. And I was like, oh, is this place a big deal? And then I searched it up and I was like, oh, gosh, like it's a really big deal. How far away did they travel just to come there? I don't know. I wasn't eavesdropping that much. But, but you think it was far though, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think it was a kind of a big deal. And so it was a really cool little thing that we went to and then the boys were so excited like we got to go to the world's oldest comic book shop and did they take a picture of it at least i, I don't think i saw any pictures no of that. i don't know if i did but they gave us stickers they're somewhere in one of our bags okay yeah gotcha. okay yeah it was pretty cool and so after that um we still hadn't had lunch oh because we had like a late breakfast so what time of day was this at by this time uh like three o'clock oh that's late and i eat lunch i know and then the boys were freezing and they were like we refuse to go anywhere else unless you buy us gloves <laughs> oh no <laughs> and i had already looked at several places but then i saw up the street that there was a target and i was like oh boys let's go to target so we went up to target and as we were in target we were looking around and they were like, well, there's these basketball gloves and these baseball gloves. Wait, those are like a thin one. I know. Put your fingers through. What's the point in that? I know. And so then we asked the people there, are there any gloves here for sale? And they're like, no, no, there's nothing. And then I saw the spring section and I saw the gardening section. And you I did not get them gardening gloves. <laughs> I did. You got them regular gardening gloves? I did. <laughs> oh man i totally did because there was nothing else and their little hands were all freezing and so mason they didn't have any in his size so he wore like man size gardening gloves and oh, they were like gosh. green plastic <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and the other boys had these like gray and blue like canvasy ones and they were like it's a little bit better it's not way better we look dorky i was like but are you warm <laughs> <laughs> so um but then we were there and i saw they had a s'more section and I remembered seeing in the elevator at our hotel that they had rooftop fire pits no way. on the eighth floor overlooking the Space Needle. And so I said to the boys, let's buy stuff for s'mores. Oh, did you guys do that after we dinner? We did on that night. Yeah. So I'll get to that in a minute. But after that, um, after they had their gloves, we drove uh, another mile to this place called Miner's Landing. And it's like an old boardwalk. Uh, let's appear basically over the water. And inside they have like different shops and restaurants. And they had Zeke saw the sign for it. He really wanted to go a carousel inside. And so they had this old fashioned carousel with the carousel horses. Oh, so it was like a little gaming area. Yeah. Well, that's what we discovered. We thought we were just going for the carousel and the giant Ferris wheel called the Great Wheel. But what we found ended up being so much fun. So I paid for the boys to go on the carousel. And as we were on our way walking to the carousel, they saw a game arcade. And we were like, oh, that's so cool. And then um, after that, we 
went to the Great Wheel, which is this giant Ferris wheel at the end of the pier that's partially over the water. Crazy. And then when we got down from that, and it was all enclosed, so it was warm. Oh, was it like the one in Vegas? Uh, yeah, like so the so high roller. Ve- so Vegas just basically copied Seattle, right? Maybe, maybe I, pieces of it. It looks like they did. So is there, are they little round shaped uh, pods you're in? Not round. They were a little bit more rectangular. Okay. But yeah, but same they, concept. But they were enclosed yeah. and, and like the whole thing was enclosed. Do they have like music in their playing and stuff? No, they had music outside. You had you could upgrade to the VIP cabins to get music and that was like a champagne toast and glass bottomed and no we weren't gonna wait do yours that. wasn't glass bottom no it was 50 bucks a person dude oh i'm sorry yeah but the cool thing is once you go up half the way the second half of the way brings you down over the water crazy yeah? and for mason he was like i don't like this oh no <laughs> and it was windy so we, oh, we were stable but when we came down from that then zeke was like mom let's do wings over washington and he kept asking for this thing and i was like what's wings over washington and he said, it's like a VR ride. And I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, all right, fine. Like, we're here. I have money set aside. Might as well. So we go into this thing. And it's like a little attraction. And we go up to this little room. And it looks like a wooden cabin inside. And it had these three tiny little screens. And this, like, Ranger Joe kind of character comes in. And he's like, welcome. And we're going to go stargazing in Washington. All virtual reality. And then he starts saying, uh, in the ride, make sure to fasten your seatbelt and he like shows a seatbelt and everybody's looking around these wooden benches and we're like uh are we in the wrong place and then he's like <laughs> and there's baskets underneath your seat for all of your belongings make sure to put but you're like there. sitting in this little waiting room so it's like well we didn't know that because okay. you look around and there was no exit other than where we came in which was up this staircase and so it goes through this little like introduction to washington and then um he said uh for like to know what's next, look to your tour guide. And there was a staff member there. And so we all turned around and a secret passageway, no joke, no opened way. up from the wall. No way. And there was like smoke coming out of it. And it revealed a ste- secret staircase. I'd be, I'd be like so scared. It was like thing. so cool. And then we went up the secret staircase into a room. And then it was a ride like from Disneyland, like the soaring over the world. Exactly like that. You strap into this ride and then it takes you on this virtual reality trip following um they call it the first people which are native americans so the first people tribe of i don't know what but they they had this um i guess totem poles are native to washington i didn't know that oh, and no, so no way. the very <laughs> you almost cussed right there I know, uh, <laughs> so first thing like they take you up and you see a totem pole and at the top is what they called a thunderbird which was like an eagle kind of like an eagle And then all of a sudden it lights up and it turns into like a starry outline and then it becomes a real bird and it starts flying. And this whole ride, you're following this bird flying over different areas of Washington. And it was beautiful. And it was just like the one at Disneyland where they have like the little bit of mist and like the essential oil Do you guys smell smell stuff on the ride too? Yeah, we did. For those who may not know what that soaring over California, which they've changed into soaring over the world ride is, you're basically in like this kind of gondola, not gondola, it's kind of like a a swing, big giant swing set that you're in. And everybody is in a big swing set. There's a group of like what five or six in a in a in a set in a yeah, swing set. Yeah, something like that. And the, and the whole thing moves everybody up in front of a screen. And when you're the and the big, screen's kind of curved, right? Yeah, it's like a big IMAX screen, uh, curved screen, all IMAX. And what that does is that the, the chair you're sitting in, you kind of like it kind of pivots and swivels back and forth as you're right in front of the screen. But it brings you close enough that you don't see. What's above you or the sides, you're immersed in this virtual reality type of 
ride. Right. And it, like you said, it moves you. So as this bird is flying, it's moving us to the right and to the left and slightly dipping down. And we're all buckled in. And little Mason, he was like, this is so cool. And, <laughs> and it was Zeke's idea. So he's like, Mason, do you like it? Mason? I was like, shh, shh, shh. Oh. Let, like, let him enjoy it. But I would say that that was one of the highlights that was so fun. And Zeke found it. And it was like something we didn't even expect to stumble upon. And I would say that that's my biggest thing with this trip is other than like reserving for the Space Needle and uh, I reserved for a trampoline park. I just said like, let's just figure out what's interesting to us and let the boys kind of call the shots for the trip. I think it'd be a good idea to have each one of them to kind of really pick a day though. Like say, Mason, you pick what we're doing this day. Jacob, pick what's doing this that day. And then he's Well, maybe, the but they all agreed on things. They were like, at first, Zeke's like, let's do this Wings Over Washington. The boys were like, well, what's that? And I said, well, tell the boys what it is. And they're like, yeah, 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 let's do it. And I said, okay. And then afterwards, Jacob said, well, can we go back to the arcade? And I said, well, sure. So I took them back to the arcade and they used all their money, like their dollar bills from their Easter eggs. Of course they did. All the machines, right? Yeah. They didn't use all of them. Like they, the one arm bandit. Got they it. had like $6 each that they spent, but these were like old school video games. So they took a lot longer. That wasn't like five seconds and you're done. It was like they could actually play for five or 10 minutes. Okay, cool. So yeah. they actually played the games and had a good time that. So that was the first, very first day? Yeah. and then we All end- in one day? And then we ended the day. They had a Red Robin at the pier right next to it. So we waited for 20 minutes and then we got a waterfront seat. We were indoors, but we got to watch the sunset over Puget Sound while eating Red Robin burgers. Wait, what's Puget Sound? Puget, P-U-J, or P-U-G-E-T. It's this... um waterway it's like um it enters out into i think the salish sea and then into the pacific ocean but it's the area where um it's really beautiful it looks like a gigantic lake but it's part of the ocean okay cool so it's actually native to 75 wild orcas no way yeah shamu itself yeah did you see Shamu? No, we wanted to, but next trip we'll have to go to. You know, every single orca, you got to call it Shamu. You can't, you can't <laughs> call it anything else. It's all, they're all Shamu to me. No, but they have like, they're protected and followed and there's like, they birth new babies every year and it's a big thing up in Washington. And so, but the boys and I got to watch uh, the sunset over the Puget Sound and watch the ferry boats coming in. And then after that, they were very tired, but they said we had to do s'mores. So we went back and we grabbed all of our stuff and we went up to the eighth floor terrace on the hotel. And it was a spectacular view. When I say spectacular, it was like the top of the terrace, there was a fire pit and you're sitting there roasting s'mores, staring at like eight stories up on the Space Needle. And And the Space Needle is all lit up too, right? Yeah, and it looked so close, like you felt like you could touch it. No way. It was so gorgeous. So that capped day number one. Now, day number two, how'd that go? Oh, well, day number two was great. So uh, let me think. Oh, I made reservations at a trampoline park for the kids. Now, trampoline parks, we have those here. So what makes this trampoline park so different? Well, a lot of ours have gone out of business because no, of they COVID. D- did, did they really? Yeah. A bunch of them. I had up. no idea. Yeah. So Uptown Jungle, which is near us, is completely done. They're moved to Arizona. Are you kidding me? No joke. No way. Yeah. They shut down. And oh, then man. like all the sky zones are still closed. Um Some of them are starting to open up like the Ninja Factory, but there's all kinds of precautions. But this one's called Defy. And there's one where Zeke lives up in Fresno. And I've taken him before and it's really cool. It's first of all, it's like twice as big as any of the other trampoline parks I've been to. And it's not just trampolines. So they have trampolines. They have ultimate dodgeball. They have a rock climbing wall. They have a trapeze area into a foam pit. 
they have like the ninja um, obstacles, the things that you are like with the, I don't the know, they kind of look, yeah, like, kinda like jousting. And then there's another one that has like the swinging. Uh, they almost look like punching bags that you navigate around. And Do they have the one where the kids have to like jump over the moving like like log that spins around in a circle and they get to jump over it? No, not that one. But pretty much everything else. And it's really big in there. And they have couches for the parents to sit in. Oh, gosh. That's couches. Yeah. That's the best ride in the park. <laughs> no. And so uh, the kids were jumping around and they had a ton of fun. And it was like an hour and a half. And... Uh, then after that, we didn't have any plans. So what they wanted to do actually is to just go back and relax at the hotel for a little bit. Oh, chill I out. I know. It's like music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys went back to the hotel, chilled out. Now, what do you guys do for dinner that night? Well, before we did that, we went to the Museum of Pop Culture. To oh, see you finally got in that place. No, we went to the Museum of Pop Culture to see if we could get in. Oh, you didn't get and in. And it was sold out. Oh, man. But the visitor services person, Jasmine, that was outside was so sweet and she said, come back at four. And if the line's shorter, we'll let you in. We don't close till six. And I was like, okay. So the boys and I just kind of like hung out and did a few things and um, just kind of relaxed. And they played some games in the room. And uh, we went to, oh, we went to lunch, a late lunch at a place that was one block from our hotel. And it was a pizza place. Guess what it was called? Uh, pizza Port. It was called Zeke's Pizza. As in Ezekiel himself? Yeah, Zeke's Pizza. So Ze there's a pizza place named after Zeke? There's a chain of pizza places called Zeke's Pizza. Why are we haven't seen them through a chain of them? They're up there in Washington. Oh, great. And okay. it was some of the best pizza I've ever had. I saw the picture. So all three of the kids had their own pizza. Was it like pieology where they build your pizza for you kind of thing? You could. I mean, you can order any kind of pizza that you want, but they decided they each wanted a mini pizza. And at that point, Mason, this is where a little bit of Mason's moodiness started. Oh, where he no. started to cry and said, Why? after he ordered his pizza, decided that he did not long, no longer liked pizza. Wait, he always liked pizza. No, he no longer likes pizza. He'll eat the pepperoni and he will eat the crust from the top, but he won't eat the middle part. Oh, whatever. Which man. is so weird because most kids won't eat the crust, they'll eat the middle. That's so weird. So like they also like salmon too. It's also kind of <laughs> weird thing too. So Yeah. And that's so funny because the day before at the the public market, we found a fish place to eat for lunch and the other kids had like fried prawns, tempura fried prawns, and I had um clam chowder in a bread bowl and mason he walked up and he said i'd like the grilled salmon please <laughs> <laughs> he told the lady that the front the of the, man, counter, the, the man man the counter and then the other guy was filleting it and then he walked over because we were sitting at a counter and eating and he's like we have a salmon eater here huh because mason was watching him fillet a king salmon oh and, wow um, was he, it like glued to the guy watching he him was, do it? He was like, I'm going to eat that whole thing. No, he's not. <laughs> did he really say yeah. that? Now, did he it did. have the head and everything on the chopping the yeah, head Yeah, and he watched it. He didn't oh, find any problem with it. And Mason was like, that's so cool. And then he said to me, I think I really want to eat a salmon eyeball. Oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, oh, so wow. we went to Zeke's Pizza the next day. And then by the time we were done, we walked back to the Museum of Pop Culture. We found Jasmine again. And she said, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, Jasmine, you're letting me down, Jasmine. She said, I can't let you in today. We're at capacity, but let me. She was like, you guys are so sweet. And it was so funny because I was I've been telling the boys, like, be very kind to people just because it's the right thing to do. But when you are, you'll see how people respond to you differently because we were very understanding. We were like, we understand. It's OK if we can't get in. The boys really wanted to do it. And she's like, well, come back tomorrow. I said, I'll have the puppy. Um, and I said, but how old can kids be to go in by themselves? And she said, oh, 13. And I said, well, can my 16-year-old and my 11-year-old go together? And she was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. 
And she's like, let me be right back. And so um, she was getting ready to leave. And this other people came up to her and they were like, you told us to return at 4 p.m. They were so rude. And she oh, was wow. like, um, I'm sorry, but I'm at capacity. I'm not going to be able to help you. And she, they were like, ah, but you said. Oh, and she gosh. was like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And so um, what she did is she brought back a return slip for the next day at 1045. And she gave guaranteed admission to the two boys the next day at 1045. And they were so pumped. How much was it to go to this thing? $30 each. What, for kids? Uh, 30 and 25. No. 30 for an adult because over 12 is an adult. Crazy. Yeah. And it was like they had a Minecraft exhibition. They had a Pearl Jam exhibit. They had Rolling Stones. They had... Um, Guns and Roses, lots of a lot pop of music, culture. like music, all pop culture stuff, yeah. huh? They had like a guitar um, exhibit there of like guitars through history, and so the boys really wanted to go, but Mason was like, "I don't care." And so <laughs> you know, it was so close to the hotel, and I could track their location that I felt that it was okay. There was one entrance and one exit. Like nobody was going to take them and Zeke's pretty hostile when anybody tries to get near him. Oh so, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, so knew, we knew we had guaranteed admission the next day. So then I said to the boys, like, oh, they asked, can we go back to the arcade? And I said, sure. So I took them back to the arcade down at the miners landing. And then afterwards, um, because we'd had that late lunch, I was like, well, what do we want to do for for um, after this? And I was like, well, let's go get ice cream. And so I looked up the best ice cream in Seattle and well, 31 flavors. It was called uh, Molly Moons. Molly Moons. Molly huh? Moons. And so we drove. Uh, 10, 15 minutes and we found one of the locations, which was one of the originals and parked and went in. And of course, the boys were so excited to order special ice cream. It was like kind of like um the place that we love that where they have like the custom flavors. Are you talking, um, about, talking about salt and salt and, salt and straw? Salt yes. And straw thank you. I down, blanked out. Yeah. It's kind hey, of like that. Hey, speaking of original things in Seattle. I heard in the Seattle there is the original Starbucks. Did you see that? We there? saw it. We did. It was out down right across from Pike Place Market. But there was like 50 people in line. And I really. That's normal for a Starbucks, though, isn't well, it? With the uh, COVID restrictions? Kind of. But, you know, it was so long and I really wanted to go. But it, for me, it was like, OK, well, I saw it. I don't. I mean, Starbucks well, drinks are going to taste the same everywhere. Uh, OK. The only thing I have to say is, does the original Starbucks look like all the rest of the Starbucks? No, it looks different. What's different about it? A different outside completely. And the inside is the logo different. is the logo different. The logo is the same, but okay. like the paint coloring, it doesn't look as modern because it's in like a um, like an older area. It's like a fish market area. And so it just came up as like. When it first started, it was just like a, a coffee shop. But like now, like a small little coffee, like, like your yeah. typical small, yep. independent, just corner coffee shop, yep. not a name brand place. Yeah, it's like second door in. It's not like a freestanding building. It's part of like a strip mall area. And so I saw it and then I was like, you know what? The boys really want to go to Miners Landing. I don't want to keep them in line that long, so I sacrificed. And, it they, for and them. they don't think you really could care less about the Starbucks thing, really. But I do. I know. I know. We, so I, I let was, it go. We I do let it go. because let yeah, it thank go. you. But I was wondering about the Starbucks, the first Starbucks there. The um, it's it's kind of cool seeing the first time you see like the original. When did yeah. it start, by the way? Ooh, good question. I don't know. It was like nineties or eighties. I think it was eighties. Was it eighties? I'm pretty sure it was. I in remember the eighties or seventies. 
well, I don't really think it's that old, but I do remember the 90s, like right after high school, because I'm old kids. And I remember seeing it pop up everywhere, this whole Starbucks thing everywhere. It was a big fad, this whole Starbucks stuff. Yeah. Right after high school. So maybe, I'm guessing maybe it was in 80s or early 90s. Yeah, I think 90s. it was in the 80s. I think I read about that in a book somewhere. Okay. But anyway, so no, I didn't stop in there, but um, I did take the kids to this ice cream shop and we went inside and... Um, we all ordered our ice cream and we sat outside at a little table. And right when we sat down, I haven't told you this story. It was actually a pretty crazy incident. We walk outside and um, there's this young black couple walking up the street with their dog. And there's this lady, a white gal, brown hair and a ponytail in front of them. And she has this white dog that's muzzled and her dog's going crazy. And she's like yelling at them like, I, you can't you see? I'm trying to get my dog away from you. So just stop following me. And right in front of the ice cream shop. And the couple was like taken aback. Like they just looked like they were out for a stroll. And so the lady, the this Caucasian lady like doubles back. And she's like, just keep your dog away from my dog. And they were like, what in the world? Did both people have dogs? Yeah, they had a dog that was so, the black couple was very calm. Their dog was very calm and non-responsive. But the Caucasian woman had this white almost husky looking dog like a husky and it was going crazy and it was muzzled like you could tell that dog had behavior problems and it was like like barking like that and um she like went right by us almost knocked my chair over this caucasian woman did and the couple like they looked really startled and zeke just yelled (laughs) he yelled after this lady he's like you're such a karen (laughs) and then um And then they were like, are they okay? And so I went over to the couple and I said, hey, are you guys okay? That was not okay. And the wife was like, no, we're fine. It's okay. I was like, it's not okay. And their dog was so cute. And the man looked very um, rattled by that whole incident. And he's like, dude, we just came here to get some ice cream. And I said, I am so sorry that that woman treated you like that. Can we go get your ice cream for you? Can we do anything for you? And he's like, no, I'm just going to sit here. And his wife went inside. She's like, honey, can I get you anything? And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'll just share with you. And uh, the man's dog was very calm, very well-mannered. And um, I could tell that that whole incident was very, very troublesome to him. It's like the things that you see on TV. And I, I was so proud of our kids. I didn't tell you this, Chris, but they looked over at the dog and Zeke went over first. And he said to the man, He's like, that lady wasn't really nice. Is your dog okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. And he said, can I pet him? And then Mason came over and he's like, this dog is so cute. And then they just sat there and I talked with the man while we were eating our ice cream. And um, and he said, you know, we drove up here from he said this other town, I think it was called Layton or something like that or doesn't even matter. It was an L word. And he's like, we just drove up here because it's our anniversary and we can't really do anything for COVID. And um, the dog is his service animal. So it's trained to not respond, you know, when things like that happen. And, you know, here you have this young black couple in the middle of the afternoon doing nothing but walking to go and get ice cream, being verbally accosted by a woman with a crazy dog and screamed at. And so I was really proud of our boys because the thing that they wanted to do was like, tent to the dog and then I just talked with the couple and offered to take a photo of them and like check in with them and the wife kept saying 
I was like, I'm, I just said, I'm really sorry that happened. You didn't deserve that. And she said, it's okay. And I looked at her and I, I looked at both of them and I said, it's not okay. Right. And you don't have to say it's okay. And she said, thank you for that. And she said, I think I've become so accustomed to things like that in my life that I just say it's okay. So people don't feel bad. And I said, we don't feel bad. That was wrong. You guys did not deserve to be treated like that. And if we can help bring a little bit of sunshine to your day, then that's what we're going to do. And we took a photo. I took a photo of them for their anniversary with their little puppy. And kind of we tried to help bring a little bit of peace back to them since we couldn't go after that other woman. She just took off. But it was such such a troubling incident. And I was incredibly proud of our boys to like come to the aid of the people that were being victimized and they recognized it for what it was. Right. And um, and they called it out. I mean, that the only term they know is a Karen. And so then I talked with them about discrimination in the car and, you know, they reflected on that moment seeing it play out. And they said they did nothing wrong. And I said, exactly. They did nothing wrong other than walking on the street and being seen by somebody as being a different color than them. And so we will never look at people differently and always come to their help and always stand up for them. And so, you know, they were, it was just, it was a really crazy moment. And it was like, God led us to that ice cream shop at that exact time to be there to be helpers for these people that were just going out to try and enjoy their anniversary. Oh, that's, that's just, that's bad. It was bad. Their dog was a blend between a lab and a Rottweiler. And it was so cute. Adorable. And its name is Jace. Jace. And so the boys were excited because they have Jake and Jade at home. And then they met Jace. And then Mason was like, can I, Christine, can I please take a picture of that dog? It's just so cute. <laughs> well, you have to ask the, the owner. Yeah, we didn't. Know. I said, you know, let them just enjoy their time, Mason. He's like, I just love it so much. <laughs> so speaking of dogs, on the third day in Seattle, yes. what was that day all about? Because <gasps> I got a phone call in the morning. I know. Actually, a FaceTime call in the morning. So in the morning, you guys wake up and what do you guys do? We went, we woke up early and we drove to meet uh, the breeder of our puppy in Issaquah, Washington, which was about a 25-minute drive. And we picked up our new baby, Habibi Bear. Her name is Clover. Little Clover is so adorable. So She looks like a living teddy bear. Oh, she, she really does. does. But I didn't realize how small she was until I saw her in person. <laughs> yeah. But when you guys see Clover... Do, do they bring Clover out to you? How's that? What's the process like? Okay, so the guy was texting us to letting let us know his ETA, and he was running fifteen minutes ahead of schedule. ETA to where? To meet at the meeting place. It was like a Target parking lot. Oh, they don't meet you. They don't meet at the actual facility. No, no, no. They live uh, about an hour and a half outside of Seattle. So he had to drive oh. in, and it was delivery day. So he had six other delivery or five other deliveries to do. Okay. And so he was delivering to another area outside of Seattle, and then to Portland. And um, so it was quite a drive. They had to arrange everything just right. And so you can hear all the puppies in the back of the car with him. And so we had parked and we were waiting. And I texted him to say, you know, just let us know you're here. And he said, I'm parked in the green Subaru on the southwest side of the parking lot. I bet Subaru is really popular in Washington. Yeah, like, everybody's got a Subaru. Like, what's Subaru? Which yeah. one? That one or this one? There's like 80 of them in the parking well, lot. Well, he parked by himself off in the corner. So as I pulled around, we saw him pull Clover out and he was brushing her. And the boys, they just go, oh, my gosh, she's so (laughs) tiny. And we pull in and they jumped out. And I was like, mask up, boys, because everybody in Washington is serious about masking that we saw. So they masked up and they walked right over and they just 
oh, she was shaking and so nervous and they just started loving on her. And oh my gosh, literally, she's like a living teddy bear. But she's super, super tiny. I she's mean, she's very tiny. She's, I, I didn't realize how small she was from the pictures, but she's jumping around Mason in the video, jumping around Mason you FaceTime me with. Yeah, but, I know. When, but when I see her in person, I'm like, this little thing will fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah, she's so little. <laughs> so, anyways, you guys get the dog and you guys load her up in the car and bring mm-hmm. her back to the hotel. That's mm-hmm. when you called me on FaceTime when you yeah. guys got back to the hotel room. And I see on FaceTime this little furball just running around the hotel room, jumping from kid to kid, licking face to face, and, and getting to be running around like a little cute little thing. Yeah. And I'm like, she is so cute. And she was so tiny that I didn't realize how small. I knew she was small because she's a teacup size, but she was so t- tiny that she gets cold very easily. And so we had to walk the boys down to the Museum of Pop Culture, and it was a very cold morning. It was 46 degrees. And so the only thing that I could think of doing, because I wasn't going to carry her in her um, kennel, was I stuck her inside of my sweatshirt. And so all you could see was her little head, and she was nestled up against me and just kind of like, like that. And people kept looking at her. And then when she would get really cold or scared, she would just pull herself all the way inside of my sweatshirt Aww. and just crawl around. <laughs> so n- cute. around there. So how was her first night with you guys? Well, uh, we brought her straight home. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So okay. we went, the, we walked the boys down to the museum of pop culture. They had a few hours to go. And then I had to figure out how to not just wrangle three boys through security, but wrangle three boys plus a puppy through security and two flights. <laughs> That must have been fun. Uh, she yeah. cried most of the first flight. She oh, was so man. nervous. And w- you can't take them out of their carrier unless they're a certified service dog. And, and she wasn't, obviously. No, she's not. And so we had to keep her in. And she cried. And she had a little potty accident. But she was so distraught that first flight. And you know she's so little, I didn't think to get her anything to help her relax. Because um, there's like little gummies you can give puppies to help them relax on flight. Is it like the, uh, was it like NyQuil or something kind of help knock them out? Kind of, but it's safe for dogs. Uh, but I didn't want to do anything like that. The second flight, she was an angel. But um, in between flights, we had puppy pads set out. And so she could play on them. We didn't want her to get any germs. And we had her toys and she just wore herself out. So she slept the whole second flight. Oh, so you got her home and everything last night. And I was here last night. I met her for the first time. She yeah, so, she stayed up. <laughs> she was so adorable. She stayed up for me. So it's 2.30 in the morning. She was so adorable and so cute. And um, and then and then she was sleeping, but she was still kind of like your... Well, know. she's crying. And what the way I was explaining it to our boys, because they were like, why does she cry so much? And I said, well, imagine if you were to be taken away from your brothers and sisters and your mommy and given to new people that you didn't know and you didn't know their their habits and it was kind of loud and busy and then you had all of these like airplane and bus and uh, car and it's unfamiliar and you're away from your mommy and your brother your brothers for the first time and now you're having to go to sleep in a place you've never been before all by yourself when you're used to sleeping with everyone else and I said we've just got to be understanding that this is a lot for a, a tiny little animal. And so um, I was already prepared and I slept a bit on the second plane. And then I just I know for these first few days while we're crate training her that she's going to cry. That's what baby puppies do is they just until they get settled into their routine, they've just kind of kind of get familiar with this. So halfway through the night last night after you came home, I took her downstairs because she was crying so much. And I just knew that I needed to keep her separate. So she slept for half the night in her crate 
And then half the night, um, she wanted out of her crate and she just slept on the carpet right outside of her crate. Oh, and that, folks, was Christine's fabulous spring break vacation <laughs> to Seattle. My pupcation. Your pupcation. So yeah. it, all t- it all topped off with getting a brand new pet and bringing it on down to San Diego. Yeah. And we're so grateful to have her. She is such a beautiful animal. And I've posted it on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. So Fierce underscore love. We will put it on the K2 shows, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff after this episode drops. And then you can just, you know, learn more about this really unique breed of puppies that are really cared for well and are responsibly bred and are really there. I think she's going to be a great addition for me after going through covid and so many different changes and finishing school to be my little companion. She's just the perfect little angel. Oh, she's adorable. And she we will is. probably put pictures on our website, which is yeah. uh, com, And that's Chris and Christine with K's. That is correct. And thank you so much once again for listening for, to uh, Christine's amazing story of our amazing vacation wrangling three boys <laughs> on four different airplane flights yeah. and coming back with a with another person, four-legged friend, with a four-legged uh, uh, furry animal, little teddy bear, teddy bear, Habibi bear, uh, teddy bear uh, clover, and <laughs> bringing her down on the flight and wrangling all that stuff up for an entire week all by herself. I give you props, babe. You are truly Dr. Christine. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you all for listening. And we'll be back here with you next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>